Hey guys, it's Alfredo. This is Brian. And this is Film Purgatory. Thank you for joining us, guys. This week, we are going to be talking about Naked Fun. Nah, it's The Naked Gun, Alfredo. Oh, wow, that's a completely different movie I was talking about. Okay, so comedy. This is the first comedy we do, Brian. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is the first comedy I felt it was necessary. I mean, comedy's been a big part of my life. With movies and, you know, growing up, having a lot of different actors. You know, we have Jim Carrey, the Adam Sandler's of our generation. But I wanted to talk about these movies because it's a whole... It's kind of like, I guess you could say, paved the way for a lot of spoof and parody movies that we got uh, as kids. Like scary movie, epic which, movies. Which is a great way of describing this movie. I, I would say this is like a spoof film. Yeah, parody slash spoof. Uh, they call it slapstick comedy. Right. You know, stupid comedy. Uh, I would say the jokes don't age as well because given the time, right. it's different comedy and it's just very, very dumbed down. But I guess given if you understand the references, it could be it could be funnier. So Naked Gun, they had a show called Police Squad. Okay. And that's why the first film is called Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Okay. It was made in 1988 and it stars... Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen, who was in Scary Movie. Yeah, he actually was in Scary Movie. And I think, like I said prior, that's why, uh, you know, it did pave the way for a lot of these kinds of comedies because he, they brought him on as the president. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those Scary Movie uh, franchise, but he plays the president. Uh, he also did a movie called Airplane. I believe I mentioned this uh, last week. Last, like, week's uh, last week's episode. So, but he unfortunately he did pass in 2010, so he hasn't been relevant or obviously done any work since then or even years prior right but it also stars priscilla presley who was married to elvis presley from 1967 to 1973 and that was uh that was who who she is in the character in the movie she She plays jane uh basically um frank's oh yeah sorry well leslie nielsen plays frank drevin okay he's the detective that's the main protagonist yes he plays the detective Frank Drebin, and Frank Dre- Frank Drebin's main love interest is mm-hmm. Jane, Pris- who's played by Priscilla Presley. So going into a synopsis, quick synopsis of the movies, starting off with Naked Gun, the first one, 1988. Let's go over what happened real quick. You have Frank, what? Frank, Frank Drumhead? Frank, yeah. He's a drumhead in the movie, <laughs> but his name is Frank Drebin. And this guy is, uh, how can you describe Frank? He's pretty... Dance. He's pretty. He's wacky. A he's dance, a goofy guy. Wacky, goofy, stubborn. <laughs> you know, but persistent. Right. Type of all nonsense detective. Yes. Let's not say no nonsense. How about all nonsense? All nonsense. But with good intentions. Uh-huh. He's a pure-hearted, you know, do-gooder. Right. I guess you could say. He has his partner who. His name escapes me. I forgot what his name is. He's played by O.J. Simpson. Nordberg. Nordberg. His his partner is uh, Nordberg. And O.J. Simpson's character, I mean, he has few lines. He's really like... He's like a Frank Drebin times 10. Right. Even even dumber and <laughs> more wacky. Right. Uh, but he's very, very minimal role in all three movies. Kind of just a supporting cast mm-hmm. uh, to add to the jokes, I guess. Add to the, to the funny personalities of these detectives. Right. So Nordberg gets shot, gets hospitalized, and that's where Frank comes in because I think Frank is his partner. Yeah, they're either partners or they just happen to be in the same you right. know, police uh, unit, which would be police squad. Police squad. 
Because I, I believe being a detective, he works alone, technically. Oh, he's a detective. Uh, yeah, well, they both are. I believe I believe they work alone. I don't think they ever, like, work, work together in, in the sense of, like, a partner. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if they're working a case or they're trying to figure something out, they do collaborate uh, on many times. Uh, it's Nordberg and also... Ed Hawking, which later becomes Captain, but that's in a later movie. Correct. He becomes Captain Third. Okay. So... Point is, Frank takes it personal, and he goes after the people who targeted his co-worker. Yeah, of course. I mean, now, he took it personal because first, yes, they hospitalized him, almost killed him, left him for dead, essentially. Right. In the water, right? He got shot off a boat. I thought it was funny how he was dying and, like, all the stuff was oh, happening yeah, to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kept falling <laughs> the into The wet paint. Wet paint, bear me. trap, <laughs> the wedding cake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of things. <clears throat> he was bumping into before finally falling off the ship right and being presumed dead right but we have a collaboration throughout the constant three movies of Captain Ed Hawken uh, Detective Drebin Frank Drebin and mm-hmm. then we have just Nordberg they don't give him a first name right who was played by OJ Simpson right um so we have we have an investigation obviously going underway Frank Drebin wants to know hey what did you guys do to my my friend my co-worker my Mm-hmm. My compass. Right. Right. He goes into the hospital room to get some details from Nordberg, but Nordberg can barely speak. Mm-hmm. He's so hospitalized. All he can say is, right. Uh, I love you. He said, I love you. He said, boat. Right. And then he said, heroin. Right. And Frank is like, hey, look, give me a couple weeks, but I'll bring that in for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what Nordberg was trying to say, the message is that there was a boat called I love you. You know, every boat has a name. It just right. happened to be I love you. And he was tracking down heroin dealers. Right. As Frank Drebin, you know, continues his investigation, somebody tells him, no, Nordberg, he was the big kahuna. He was dealing heroin. Right. He was dealing H, as they reverted to. And Frank Drebin now takes it even more personal. He's fighting to clear his friend's name. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, that cannot be right. And they're giving him the deadline, you know. Ed Hawkins tells him, you have until, you know, 48 hours. And unless we, we have to arrest him, we have to put him on trial for it. For these charges that investigation leads to the main antagonist of this movie yes who would be paid played by what's his face uh his name is ricardo montalban no but the the character the character's name is vincent ludwig which coincidentally the character not the actor ricardo was in those spy kids movies yes right? he played grandpa <laughs> he was also the circus trainer in the planet of the apes uh the third movie which mentioned before. third and fourth excuse me like we mentioned a few weeks ago. Um, so he's he's the big, rich, bad guy, you know, CEO, founder, president, co-owner. Not co-owner, excuse me, just owner of a, a very big corporation. Has a nice, big, expensive office. His introduction into the movie is Frank Drebin meeting him at his office. And he's kind of he's kind of just showing off. Oh, look, I have a painting of so-and-so, Napoleon, worth X amount of money. I have this pen, the most expensive pen in the world. I have this fish, most expensive fish in the world, right? Um, and as the meeting goes on, we see Frank make one, then two, then three mistakes, and accidentally stabs the most expensive fish in the world with the most expensive pen in the world, <laughs> <laughs> hiding it from Vincent the entire time as, as Vincent is still kind of, you know, in his own world, very self-absorbed in his success and, and, and in his success and his money. He's such a clown. He's just like... Clown, like Frank, he's such a clown. He's such yeah, a klutz. Yeah. He's he's a klutz, exactly. Yeah. He's a klutz. So the whole time, you know, he's trying to hide it from him, sticking his hand in the water, trying to get the fish to get off his finger. Accidentally <laughs> stabs him with the pen, 
And now he leaves just the, the, the fish and stabbed with the pen right there in the tank, just sitting at the bottom of the tank. Um, and his hand is all wet. And the meeting ends with him extending his arm for a handshake and water is dripping all through his suit onto Vincent's desk. And he's just, you know, staring in confusion. So everybody in this, in all three movies, is pretty aware of how much of a, of a dumb-dumb friend Drevin is, right? Right. Everyone kind of like... Like, this guy's such a clown, as you said. Right. But in the end, because, you know, good guy prevails and he, he, he wins, he beats the bad guy, so he gets that respect. Uh, at least from his his community, right? His community is very aware of who he is. Well, okay, so then it seems like Ricardo's character, what was his name again? Vincent Ludwig. So Vincent tries to distract Frank, or not to really distract him, basically have eyes on Frank by using Vincent's assistant to subdue Frank, I believe. Was, and that yeah. was the character that was played by Priscilla. Yes. Jan. Yeah, Jan. Jane. Jane. So Jane is trying to, I guess, well, she Kind of hook him. Yeah. You know, like, hey, you know, if I can pretend to be interested, you'll right. have more information, you'll tell me things. But she inadvertently falls in love with him mm-hmm. and, and tells him what the plans are, right? Mm-hmm. Reveals to him, hey, you know what? This is messed up. I didn't think he was that kind of guy. Well, she didn't know, yeah. But the, essentially, the plan was the Queen of England, for some reason, is coming to town, and Vincent wants to kill her. Yeah. Vincent was getting paid, handsome, obviously, good amount of money, uh, to kill the Queen of England. How was he going to do it? With a, a silent assassin. Anybody can be an assassin. That was his line, right, to his bidders. Um, he created some sort of hypnotic device using sound waves he would put it in somebody's watch when he would activate it it will turn them into like this i guess brainwashed killer you know i I'm, must kill the queen yeah uh, i must kill the queen it kind of brainwashes them eh, the movie doesn't go into how these people end up brainwashed they just yeah it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter but yeah. it explains that these sound waves turn them into a killer and they know what the objective is so secret assassins secret assassins okay right? So, on, while doing his investigation, Frank actually finds a letter, right, from uh, a guy named Papschmier. I know that sounds funny. That's really his name in the movie. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bad guy, right? Uh-huh. He's a, I think he's a terrorist. He's okay. a, an Arab terrorist, something like that. He's paying... He sends uh, a letter to Vincent Ludwig telling him, you know, what the price was and who the target is. Mm-hmm. Frank inadvertently burns it. Right. He loses his evidence. He goes and he tells police squad they don't believe him. There's no evidence. He tells Jane... You know, he tells she tells him that he's crazy. That how can she she trust a man like that? You know right. that she she does know, right? Quote unquote, that Vincent Ludwig is not a bad guy. And right. He doesn't want to do that to the queen. And so towards the end of the movie, we have Frank Drebin being his most wacky self, and kind of, I guess, invading this baseball game because that was the event in which Vincent Ludwig was going to attend, as well as Jane, uh-huh. as well as the Queen of England and all her uh-huh. I guess, companions, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's where he was going to strike. That's where he was going to use somebody. We have no idea who it is. Somebody's going to be hypnotized and try to kill the queen. Mm-hmm. Try to assassinate her. So we find out it ends up being one of the baseball players. Uh, Frank, in, in the midst of trying to invade, he's, he sang the national anthem. He's the umpire. And he's trying to avoid and prolong the seventh inning as much as possible. Because he was going to... Excuse me, Ludwig was going to... Uh, start the device, initiate the, the brainwashing and the hypnotizing in the seventh inning stretch. So Frank is impersonating these people that are on the field to try to or try to search these players or anybody 
he would can think of to get to the queen yeah. to try to prevent the murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, touching them inappropriately, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. Making horrible calls as an umpire. Yeah. It's just funny stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, eventually we find out who the killer is. Frank goes after him, takes him down. Right. And we see also Frank take down Vincent at the mm-hmm. end. And went over Jane, even uh, brainwashed Jane because she happened to have a device as well. Using the power of love, you know, very corny, very cheesy. It's a spoof. Right. What do you expect? Mm. Movie's done, right? Very, very simple ending. Nothing, nothing crazy. Going on to part two, Naked Gun, The Smell of Fear, two and a half. Two and a half. That's What's that's the half? It's the spoof part. But like two the point, half. Two and part. a half, two point five, you know. Like I didn't get the half part. But that's just that's just the parody, you know, making fun of everything. Okay, let's call it Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear. <laughs> now we have uh, Frank and Jane are no longer together. Right. Something happened, and we don't know what yet, but uh, Frank sees Jane in a crime scene. There was a bomb that went off in a building, and we eventually find out that she left him at the altar, right? Abandoned him. Wow. Ghosted him, really. It's messed up. And now her new boyfriend, Quentin Harsberg, he has a very evil plan. He's a very, you know, rich businessman. He's in the oil and coal industry. Well, we don't know he's evil yet. Well, we don't know, but we know. Right. We don't know, but we know. Yeah. <laughs> Based on, you know, simple conclusions we make, you know, move, simple movies like this. Mm-hmm. And he has his main plan, Alfredo. Would you remember what that plan was? What was the guy in the wheelchair? Dr. Arbert Meinheimer. So he had, uh, he was going to deliver a speech that was basically going to convince people or convince Congress to not give money to these nuclear power plants, which is basically what... Jane's boyfriend is doing like, right he makes he, him and his associates his have associates. made a fortune home using you know through coal money oil money nuclear power energy right. all that stuff and this doctor was going to be appointed to give the new energy policy right to the pre- appointed by the president right George Bush who at the time right not not 9-11 George Bush we're talking about his father right <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have him appointing, appointing this doctor who is well known to be more progressive, more um, associated with the energy uh, party, mm-hmm. right? So they're they're very into natural energy. And what were they going to do? They wanted to install solar panels and, and cars and houses and just you oh use the the fluorescent bulbs, right? At the time, I guess weren't as popular. Right. And this was gonna put, you know kill the the profits for these investors for these rich guys. So their plan was to kidnap Meinheimer, replace him with a double that mm-hmm. looks just like him. You know, obviously as a joke, they have the same actor playing both people. Right. He was just going to give a false speech saying, no, we should definitely stick with nuclear energy and all that. At the same time, Frank is trying to win back Jen. Yeah, it's a struggle he's having. Yeah, so it seems like she left him at the altar for a specific reason. He was into his work a lot. He just wasn't being compassionate enough within the relationship. Right. So, the relationship suffered, she's moved on, he's trying to get her back. At the same time, he's working this case, he's figuring stuff out, and what's really going on? Who's behind it? Through an associate, she suspects this guy, her boyfriend at the time. I forgot his name, I don't care about his name, I'm bad with names. Quentin. Quentin. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> so, Quentin, wishes. Quentin is a suspect, Frank investigates him. What it is, is they, they track down, um, he's a former boxer. And it's kind of, there's kind of like a bit of a conversation. It's a funny conversation. Oh, the whole state thing, they're, the whole yeah, Arizona. They're like, oh, Mexico Arizona this, thing. and he's from North That's Dakota. So oh, his brother, Virginia, is from, you know, California. And it's just, it's a silly joke, kind right. of making fun of boxers' names, I right. assume. 
And they follow him back. They track him down because he was the the one whose van was associated with the bombing. But what does he do? Like he, he's the bomber. He's like yeah, he, okay. he's associated with Quentin. He's an associate of his, right? He's right. kind of like the guy who attacks, uh-huh. uh, who who I guess does the dirty work and gets paid for it. They track him down to this sex shop, and they find the van. So they tell Nordberg. They tell him, hey, go go, go place some sort of tracking device or a mic mm-hmm. on the van. So he's working on the van while Hawken and Drebin go inside. And they see a beautiful woman, right? A lot of cleavage showing. And she's like, hey, what is this, a bust? And he looks at her cleavage and says, yeah, it's a very nice one. You know, obviously the joke is they're referring to a bust like a police bust. Right. You know, very. this is the kind of comedy that yeah, all these movies Yeah, movie. And as they're there, Hawken is playing around, looking, you know, having fun with all the little handcuffs, all the little, you know, tinkering with all the toys he's finding, and like a dildo powered by a chainsaw. Yeah. Like, it's really funny. And they end up seeing this boxer, the slash bomber, run out the back into the van. They got to chase him down the entire time. Nordberg is stuck underneath, getting dragged across the streets of, of this city. <laughs> Eventually, he gets locked up in his house, right? Hold, he gets held up by police. Frank Drebin comes in with a tank. Mm-hmm. Runs through the house, all the way through to the back, can't stop it, through the backyard, all the way till he breaks down the walls of a zoo. And now we got animals running everywhere. <laughs> there was a specific scene where I think the commissioner was saying that, Frank, because of you, I have uh, monkeys going around all over the capital. Yeah. And then Frank was, he, he tells her, what was his response? Oh, I believe that's the voters' fault. Yeah. So that's a little, a little political joke. They, it's all types of humor in this movie. It's pretty funny. Yep. Frank discovers, or Frank infiltrates this event in which that the professor is going to give this speech, and they infiltrate by going disguised as mariachi players. At that point, they had already released or saved the captured doctor, which was held captive by Quinton. But Drevin wasn't aware. Drevin wasn't aware, no. They foil Quinton's plan, basically. They follow his plan, yes. Quentin doesn't die at first. You see, what happens is they kind of, they scream really loud from the stage. Oh, the, this is not, this is the, you know, original Dr. Meinheimer. Uh, but they were supposed to replace him with this guy, right? It was a, mm-hmm. a the stunt double, not a stunt double, excuse me, just a clone almost, a double. And they already had him arrested. And they said, this plan was unfolded by that man. Mm-hmm. And in the audience, like six men with guns stand up holding a woman hostage. Right. And they're all like, no, that man. And all the guys kind of just sit down slowly, pretending like it never happened. Right. Harsberg, at this point, Quentin had already run away with Jane as a hostage. Mm-hmm. And they meet at the top, uh, fighting with, with uh, Drebin. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of stupid little shootout. Mm-hmm. Okay, and more, more funny scenes. Eventually, Quentin falls off, but is saved. And right when he's going to walk away, a, a lion randomly attacks him. And hits him. <laughs> so there he does die. Right. Okay. Um, obviously impressed by his heroics, the president, George Bush, offers Frank a position in leading uh, a special task force, I believe. Yes. A position which Frank doesn't accept because he wants to be with Jane or Jan. He wants to be Jan because in his heart he knows he's a cop. Right. That's what he wanted to be. So he decides to put his relationship first. For once, Jane takes him back and they're together. Going into the third one, Naked Gun, 33.1 third, <laughs> the final insult. 33 and a third, the 33 final insult. 33 and a third. Those numbers are so final mind movie. Yeah. <laughs> so final movie in the trilogy. Right. And uh, this is from 1994. We see Frank Draven is now retired. Mm-hmm. Right? He's older. And he's already married to Jane. He's married to Jane. They're ha- they're, but they're having some issues. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that makes it clear they've only been married, what we know now is six months. Right. They haven't been married long. Mm-hmm. But he's retired now. Uh, he kind of spends his time doing old man, old lady stuff, knitting right. and cooking, and all his furniture is covered in just plastic wrap. Right. It's kind of funny. So it's weird not seeing Frank as a police officer. But we see this guy named Rocco, Rocco Dillon, and he's working for Cashmere, which was mentioned in the second movie. First. First movie. Okay, so Cashmere. And there's another plan by Cashmere that he wants to target a bombing, but where? The Oscars. He really wants to attack the Oscars? Yeah. That's weird. It's a big... Well, he doesn't necessarily. You see, he he basically is like... You know, he outsourced, he contracted Rocco. Mm-hmm. And Rocco from prison told him, no, forget City Hall, I have a better idea. And, you know, he tells him it's the Oscars. Not, we don't know this, the audience does not know this yet, but he does, he does show it to him by writing it on his hand. The only way that we can get this information, the only way police squad can get to the bottom of this, is by sending someone on the inside. Mm-hmm. And who do they send? They ask Frank, go undercover. You know, go to, uh, first get information from... Rocco Dillon's, I guess, girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. woman on the outside who is very beautiful, but is also in on the in on the plot. So she happens to work at a sperm bank. We don't even know this yet. Right. Frank doesn't either. He goes in pretending to have a broken arm, going undercover to see if he can get some information from this woman, right? Her name is Tanya Peters, mm-hmm. Rocco Dillon's girlfriend. He goes in <laughs> and she asks, well, what happened? He's like, oh, well, you know, me and my uncle, we come over. And he comes over in the backyard and we rustle and tussle and and of course the doctor's looking at him like you know what is this incest old <laughs> man doing over here <laughs> you know with a broke with a cast on his arm and he's explaining how he might have tugged it too hard and stretched it out to the point where he now can't even feel it it's numb <laughs> so the doctor asks him to please step in the room and ejaculate so they can get a sperm count <laughs> mm-hmm. so frank goes into jail undercover tries to befriend Rocco and they formulate an escape plan which they do so Frank is in cahoots with Rocco to try to pull off this bombing that's going on in the Oscars in which Frank will obviously I guess stop yeah yeah he just has to uncover the plan he doesn't know exactly what they're targeting Mm -hmm. the entire time he's just trying to get that information so the police and and can take the proper precautions and stop it before it happens Uh, while they're in jail obviously they, they become close Frank is now known as Nick the Slasher McGurk. Right. And he's she's joined in by Tanya Peters and Rocco Dillon and Rocco Dillon's mother in the movie. Right. And they're the gang, just those four. Mm-hmm. So they create a bomb. Sorry, Rocco Dillon creates a bomb, very powerful bomb. Shows it off to Frank and the rest of the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and we fast forward and, and we see them now at the Oscars. Right? We see them getting ready to pull off this, this stunt. It's the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards. And nobody is letting Frank or Jane in. Right? Mm-hmm. Jane happens to show up. She wants to help him. And they have to kidnap and tie up Weird Al Yankovic and Vanna White. Yeah. So they end up getting it done. They, um, after a lot of hijinks and, and I guess theatrics, uh, Frank stops Rocco and Rocco gets blown up. He gets shot up, basically. And he ends up in I guess ricocheted into Pashmere's plane which ends up blowing up so a lot of these bad guys have like pretty silly ways of going out yeah really funny ways really funny ways yeah. it's a funny movie Frank's a hero once again happy ending stays with Jane I think that's it 
and stays a cop. She she says sorry to him. Right. Right. And uh, going back a little bit, we, they had issues because he thought he had to, you know, retire, not be a cop anymore to please her, to make her happy. And so she ends up apologizing and saying, you know what, that's who you are. I should never have made you retire or change. And, you know, they kind of fixed their, their issues. You see... Oh, and the main issue really was that she wanted kids. Right. And Frank felt he was too old, too much, mm-hmm. too much responsibility for him. But in the end, in the midst of of thinking they're gonna die from this bomb, he he tells her he wants to raise kids. So. Okay. Well. <laughs> happy ending. Happy ending. So that's Police. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's uh, Naked Gun. That's the Naked Gun franchise. It's a funny movie, guys. When you ever get a chance, you can watch the first one on Netflix, Naked Gun. And the second and third one, you can watch either on Vudu, you can pay for it, you can rent it out. Um, you can also watch it on something called Pluto TV. It's okay. free. Yeah, you have commercials on it, but you can definitely watch the second and third one on there. That's where I saw it. Definitely worth a watch. Good laughs, good humor, comedy week. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about a movie I saw mm-hmm. this week. I saw Monster Hunter. Okay, nice. I thought that was interesting. It's based off uh, the video game Monster Hunter, same name. Yeah, I remember uh, a couple weeks ago I would I was mentioning that my cousin had told me about it. Yeah, I thought it was actually a fun movie to watch. Okay. The CGI was really good. Mm-hmm. Action scenes were a little, I guess, what, what do we call it? Choppy, but very quick cuts. Right. right. It reminds me of the movies we're going to be talking about next week. Da-da! I don't know if that's the background. I don't know, but don't try that again. It's the the Born series. We got the Born Identity, the Born Supremacy, and the Born Ultimatum. That's pretty close to it. That's pretty close to it. Um, so that's that's, that's going to be next week, Action Week, the Born trilogy. The first three we're not going to get into, you know, the legacy or any of the other. Those don't count. Nope. First three. So Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne. Jason. God, it just feels so good. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate all support. Again, remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear your opinions. If you have any recommendations, reach out. Let us know. You can listen to us where, Brian? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, even Anchor as well. Uh, like Alfredo said, once again, just thank you for your support. Everybody out there, we see you out in Israel and Chile listening to us as well. Thank you so much. Nice. <laughs>